explore who God is, what he does, and what he promises in his word as we talk about promised rest, finding peace in God's presence. As you study this book, it will draw you closer to God's real and present peace through his word. Michelle Dirks, the author, uses personal stories, scripture, and devotional reflections to help the reader understand the names and traits of the Lord and encourage them in their faith journey. Promised Rest encourages you to rest your heart in the promises of God, who chose you and gives you his peace now and forever. Michelle has taught God's Word as a director of Christian education and volunteer for over 35 years. She and her husband are the parents of two sons and live in Iowa. She's also the podcast host of Peace in His Presence. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries, a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate, and host for today's program. Thanks, Michelle, for being our guest today on Family Shield. Well, Kay, I am delighted to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm thrilled. Thank you. I love your book. It's super. So why did you write this Bible study? And it's, again, for the listeners, entitled Promised Rest, Finding Peace in God's Presence. Well, over the years of teaching God's Word in various settings, I like to tell a lot of stories, and and I do that in the book, and people are like, I like how you talk about God, and I like how you explain Scripture. Could you write a book? Mm. And at first I'm like, well, I think I'm probably more of a speaker than a writer, but I started praying about it, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. And so as I was thinking about how could I take these stories that I have and my favorites from Scripture and develop it into a Bible study, And there's a quote from Tozer that says, What you believe to be true about God is the most important thing about you. And so when we think about that, how we face our lives makes a difference in what we believe true about God. So what I did is I took some of the different names and characteristics of God, and I broke them down into a study, talked about the stories where they were found, tried to find other uh, scripture passages and story from my life so that the people could get a better understanding of who God is. Because in scripture, God reveals to us who he is through the stories that he shares there. Because think about it, Kate, Mm -hmm. every word of scripture is put there because God wanted it there. And I believe he wanted it there because he wanted us to understand who He is, mm-hmm. and how He is with us in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I created this study the way that I did, because I wanted people to have a place to rest in God's promises and to have understanding of who He is and then who we are as His children. Wonderful. So you have eight week sessions. Now, I want to let the listeners know, I think of it more as a book, but it could be a devotional. But you actually have it prepared as an eight-week Bible study for groups. So how are those eight-week sessions organized? So each week is either around one name or characteristic of God, and then each week is divided up into like five daily readings. So that way, if you are doing it Uh, in a Bible study group, you have five days to prepare. So you can do, you know, one a day, or you can do them all on the last day. 
there's a lot of people who have just read it like a book. But in the daily readings, I usually have some reflection questions, discussion questions, some, you know, journaling thoughts, that sort of thing. And then also at the end of the week, I have a, a place where if you're getting together, like with a book club or a Bible study group, I have discussion questions listed out there for you as well. And then also as part of the book, um, we had Visual Faith Ministries do like a coloring page for each name or characteristic of God. Mm. Some people have loved coloring them. Some people just really love looking at the drawings, which are really beautiful, and just to help them, you know, just kind of in their reflection time. Wonderful. Um, So the book, as you said, focuses on various names for God. Share a few of the names for God the Bible study features, Uh, one or two. We're going to jump into a little bit more in-depth of of your week, too. But what uh, names can you share with the listeners, and how can knowing those names help them? So the first one we take a look at is Elohim which, because most of us probably don't know the the Hebrew, we wouldn't know that that's the very first name of God that's listed. But if we were to be able to to read it, um, it talks about, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So Elohim means mighty and powerful. And so if we think about God's creation, the universe, you know, the universe is so vast, we can't possibly comprehend how big it is or um, just to even be able to travel across it would take millions of years for us to to be able to to cover all of it. And so if we think of that, God created that, Elohim created that, He holds all things together. And so whatever we are facing in our lives, however big the problem is, we know that Elohim is even bigger, and He holds all things together. He holds you and I, Kay, in the palm of His hand, and He knows us. Mm-hmm. and he calls us by name. So even though he's big, he's also very personal. So I like to think about the name Elohim when I'm out in creation and how big he is, but also how much he loves us. Wonderful. Another one is El Roy-E, which means the God who sees me. And we hear about that name only once in Scripture, and it's in the story of Hagar when she ran off um, from, from Sarai. And she's in the desert, and the angel of the Lord, God himself, comes to her, and he's talking to her. But then she calls him this name, the God who sees me. You know, here she was, an Egyptian slave girl who felt very unseen by people who didn't have much say over her life, and yet God took time to talk to her. And so she gave God that name, El Roy, the God who sees me. And what a comfort to know that no matter where we are, on our best days or the days where we feel unseen, that we have a God who knows us and cares so much about us. Wonderful. Very good. So why does knowing God's name help deepen our understanding of him and our identity as his child? Well, you know, I think the last couple of years have taught us that life is definitely full of uncertainty, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the other names that I love, well, I love all the ones that I use here, but one of the ones is um, knowing God as El Shaddai. And that means that God is sufficient for us. And so we see this name in Psalm 91, which is, He is our refuge and our strength. He provides a shelter for us. And so that's so comforting to know that God provides a special place 
for his children, that we can be in his shelter. And so when we know the names of God, no matter what we face, no matter what uncertainty, whether it's a story we didn't choose, a, a health diagnosis we don't, we wish we weren't facing, or a loved one, or whatever it may be, we can know that God is with us. And knowing his different characteristics help us understand who he is better, and then also who we are as his children. He loves us so much. He delights so much in us. And knowing that he is with us gives us peace to face all things, Mm -hmm. because he promises that he's with us. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's delve into your week two uh, of the Bible study. And you begin this section by sharing a story about your father and a hayride that you were going to be attending. Uh, just tell us that story. Okay, so I I have the book right in front of me, so I think I'm going to read from that, if that's okay with that's you, Kay. Fine, um, yes. And um, so I'm setting the scene as I, as I open up this story, so you can picture a teenage girl <laughs> in this story. Aquanet swirled through the bathroom like mosquito fog or mist, and the scent of Gina Tay lingered in the air. I peered into the mirror after struggling with my hair for 40 minutes. It looked acceptable, but I couldn't spend any more time on it. If I didn't get out the door in the next five minutes, I'd be late catching the bus for our youth group's hayride. Racing through the house, I grabbed my winter coat and gloves and was finally ready to leave. I leaned down to give my dad a quick kiss on my way out the door. He glanced up and said, You need to wear a hat. It's going to be cold. Oh, my. How many times would my dad say those exact words to me? Annoyance snarled through the air. No way, Dad. He continued, and my impatience grew. He said, You lose 80% of your body heat from an uncovered head. I don't want you getting sick. I had asthma, and the cold air triggered it. The frustration and fear of being late caused our squabble to turn into a one-sided shouting match. Dad only slightly raised his voice. I supplied most of the volume. How could he suggest wearing a hat? Didn't he realize how long I had just spent fixing my hair? But he wouldn't budge. In desperation and defiance, I looked right at him and said, If I get cold, I'll just put up the hood of my coat. We both knew that that was a lie. I stomped my way down the stairs, slamming the door behind me, and I ran to catch up with my twin sister, Jamela, who had already left the house. By the time I reached the bus, my haughtiness had cooled by the biting wind, and I was already feeling guilty about my awful behavior. I had never left the house before, being angry at my parents. Usually after an argument, I would simmer for a while, then remember how much they loved me and apologize. My dad worked long, back-breaking hours at our local paper mill, and he never complained. Love for our family fueled his determination to provide for us by working hard. And by me being an impatient teenage girl, that probably didn't help much. I had always been close to my dad, so the discord I caused bothered me greatly. The bus pulled away, and since cell phones were a few decades from being in everyone's pockets, I couldn't call. There was no opportunity to make it right. I got off the bus at the parking lot where the tractor and hay wagons were parked. The crisp, cool air tingled against my cheeks. Leaves crackled and crunched beneath my feet. If I'd had a hat, I would have put it on. 
My thoughts lingered for a few moments over the angry words I had thrown at my dad an hour before. Why did I say such things that I didn't mean? Remorse stirred in my soul, and I vowed to apologize to my dad as soon as I got home. Then letting go of what I could not repair in the moment, delight bubbled to the surface as I joined the fun happening around me. The October night filled with laughter as I scrambled on to the second hay wagon with my friends. The tractor lurched forward with enough power to pull both wagons over the winding gravel road. My heart danced with joyfulness as the singing began. The night held the promise of merriment and adventure. Jamel and I sang with the rest of the youth group, giggling when one wagon song was slightly ahead of the other. Then the happy singing turned to terror-filled screams as the tractor picked up speed down a hill. The back wagon, which I was on, fishtailed back and forth, flinging hay bales and teenagers against the side. Fear gripped my heart, and I lunged forward to grab a hold of my sister to keep her from flying off the wagon. Instead, I was the one who fell. I felt myself slipping over the front of the wagon and hurtling down towards the ground. When I came to, I was initially aware of only the cold ground and the sharp gravel. I stared into the black velvet sky, and I didn't know where I was, and I said, Why am I laying on the ground? All of a sudden, I heard my sister, Jamela, cry out, Oh, no, she has amnesia. My memory surged and became untangled. I had been thrown from the wagon. I was cold and my head throbbed. I learned later that I'd been knocked out by the hitch. When I tried to move, someone said, Lie still. We don't know if you have broken bones or not. One of the chaperones has run to a nearby farmhouse, and they're calling 911. Words intending to comfort me left me to wonder if something was seriously wrong. My sister knelt on the cold ground and held my hand. All we could do was wait. Finally, the siren screeched in, and the group stepped back and grew silent as the EMTs raced toward me with a stretcher. My parents met us at the hospital, and I caught a glimpse of their worried faces as I was whisked through the emergency room doors. Then the tears came as I remembered the angry words I had hurled at my dad. The doctors wheeled me past him. An apology tumbled out of my mouth. Dad told me it was okay. I love you, Michelle. I forgive you. The doctors poked and prodded, and after several x-rays, they decided I needed to stay in the hospital for further testing. My ankle was sprained and had a hairline fracture. I had a hairline fracture in one of my ribs, and I had a concussion. And they were concerned about internal bleeding and damage to my kidneys. My mom and my siblings went home, but my dad stayed with me. I knew he was tired. He worked a lot of long 16-hour days, and that week too, but he never mentioned being weary. His gentle presence reminded me that he loved me. I drifted in and out of sleep, and every time I woke, Dad was holding my hand securely in his, an assurance that I could rely on him. After a long, tiring night, I looked at my dad and I said, Thank you for sitting with me all night holding my hand. He said, I love you, and I'm so glad I could be here with you. When the ambulance had arrived at the scene, the chaperones told the EMTs they thought that I had been run over by the hay wagon. After I fell, the passengers felt the wagon jolt and shudder, as if rolling over something in the road. And yet when they looked, there was nothing on the road, no bale of straw or tree branch or other obstruction. I was the only thing that had been on the road. 
There was nothing else that could have explained why they felt that same sensation. Still, the injuries I sustained were not consistent with someone who had been run over. There was no explanation, but in my mind, there was only one possibility. God had protected me from those wagon wheels. Our Heavenly Father held me in His capable hands during the hayride, through the long night and beyond. The testing showed I had a bruised kidney. Because of internal bleeding, I stayed in the hospital for nine days, and I missed a month of school while I recuperated. Oh, wow. (laughs) What a story. And I just wrote down, and God had protected her. (laughs) And uh, he certainly did, and he does. Uh, He walks with us through our challenges as well. And uh, it's a great story. Michelle, what I'd like to do is make some announcements and then come back, talk a little bit more about your story, and uh, then move forward with the program. Family Shield Ministries is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations and on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate the counter-cult ministry and our educational and evangelism services. We encourage our listeners to become a partner with us in accomplishing Family Shield Ministries' vision and mission. Join us in prayer, mail a donation, or give online at www.familyshieldministries.org. Thank you. If you're a Thrivent financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield. Go to their website, Thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees can help you. All Thrivent gifts support our outreach ministries. Please remember you need to re-sign up each March. Now I want to go back to my guest, Michelle Dirks, author of Promised Rest, Peace in God's Presence. Before we get back to your story, Michelle, tell our listeners how they can obtain a copy of your book. They would be able to find Promised Rest at cph.org, or you can also find it on Amazon, and I think it's found in other places as well, like Christian books and and places like that. So if you did a search for it, you'd be able to find it very easily. Okay, good. And if they forget, they can contact us at witness2family at gmail.com. And we always uh, feature our guest books as well on our recommended books link. So uh, lots of ways for you to do that. Feel free to email us if you forget and want to get a copy of her book. Thank you so much for your story, too. And yes, you have so many wonderful stories in your book. This one was uh, a challenging one just to hear what happened to you. And certainly God did protect you. You had uh, injuries that had to be sustained and had to spend, you said, a month out of school? Wow. Um, Yes. A lot of time. But God was with you, and thank God for that. Uh, one of the things uh, that's in this chapter, you you say, our earthly fathers have an impact on how we view God as our heavenly father. If your father is kind and loving, you think of that example when contemplating God as our father. 
Conversely, if your father was abusive or was absent, then your image of a father includes heartache and pain. You may wince when you hear God called father. You, obviously, Michelle, have a father that loved you, and you uh, had a relationship with him that was what I hope all families have, that you knew you had said something or done something that you needed forgiveness for, and you were going to ask for forgiveness, and he was going to offer his love and forgiveness back to you. And and that is something that I encourage all families to learn how to do. Learn parents and grandparents, learn to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Because children will learn. It's a modeling process for them. But obviously, you lived in a home like that, Michelle. Thank God for that. You are very blessed. Yes. and But I also know that not everybody, you know, had a father like that. And right. so it's it's always so, it's, it's, not, it's not hard for me to talk about God as father, because I always like to think about the story of the prodigal son. And that is in that chapter. And so I, I, I spend a lot of time on that story because I want people to know that that is how God is as their Father. Mm-hmm. He's always loving, always forgiving, filled with grace, even when we think that we don't deserve it. We have this image of God. Um, there's a saying that goes, we are made in the image of God, and yet we try to make God in our image. And so we, we think that God's going to respond to us the way we respond to people, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. He doesn't. He's always filled with mercy and grace towards us. Yes. And, um, and so for those who have had difficult relationships with fathers, I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but know that you have a Father in Heaven who loves you and forgives you, and he will never forsake you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is so true. Thank you for sharing that. So how does it make you feel to know that you are Abba's beloved child and are precious to him? Oh, it just fills me with such comfort and, and joy, because let's face it, Kay, we all have days where we fail and fall short on everything. Mm -hmm. And knowing that God loves us, and and forgives us, and He doesn't hold our sins against us. That makes all the difference in the world. Knowing that our sins are gone, He removes them as far as the East is from the West, and they don't come back. Mm-hmm. And that is such a comfort. And to know that we can go to Him and talk to Him about anything, and yes, He wants right. to hear from us. Yes, He does. He doesn't get tired mm-hmm. of hearing from us. Right, just talk to him at any time. Yes, just like our fathers like us to tell him about our day and to talk to him. We talk to our Heavenly Father in that way. He knows who we are. He knows that we fail and sin, but he is there and he wants to have that relationship with us. And he wants us to love him. So even for those people that didn't have a good father, they can learn to know our Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our triune God, who loves us with an everlasting love. And by the way, it isn't about our good works that we have to be good and then he'll forgive us. Jesus knows we are sinners and we can't save ourselves. He suffered and died for each and every one of our listeners 
and offers them as a free gift eternal life, forgiveness and eternal life. That's the good news, isn't it, Michelle? Yes, amen. Such good news. It is, yeah. And that's the way God loves us, and that's important to share. So uh, in uh, chapter uh, week two of your Bible study, um, I want to just read Isaiah 43, 1 to 3, and then ask you for some comments that's in that chapter as well. And now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. From the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, 1-3. Just uh, share a, a, a comment about that verse, Michelle. Oh, there's so many promises in that verse to us, but I hear some of my favorites. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. He says, you are mine. You belong to God. And that no matter what you walk through, God is with you. He will be with us in and through all things. No matter what happens, he is with us. Wonderful. So we have two minutes left. Any closing thoughts, Michelle? I would like to share like a, a closing a closing prayer. Okay. It's one that was sent to me many years ago by a good friend. Um, I was having some health issues, and my husband and I were, we found ourselves in a situation that we would have rather have not been in, you know, one of those stories that you don't choose to be in, but there you are. And so this person sent this prayer to us. It's based on Psalm 46, and... It's the last verse, and so it's kind of like a a benediction, and it's something that I pray a lot when I'm having problems sleeping or facing a circumstance I wouldn't have chosen or just maybe a day where I need to be reminded that I can be still. And it goes like this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. And then I added this. Be in the presence of the one who loves you more than you can possibly imagine. The same God who flung the stars into space is the very same God who holds you in his capable hands, close to his heart. He will never let you go. You can be still and know that He is your God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. My guest has been Michelle Dirks. Again, her book, Promised Rest, Finding Peace in God's Presence. And uh, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries. We're glad you've been listening. Blessings on your week. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com. 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Thank you.